this is the Night Owls Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm JP. And we are a Disc Golf Answer Man Network podcast. Uh, head on over to Disc Golf Answer Man. You can find them on any podcasting platform. Um, check them out. Subscribe, like, share. Do the same for us. Um, so, JP, let's start it out with what did you buy this week? Yeah, so I used my gift card that my basketball kids had got me as like a thank you. And I got one of the Z oh yeah Z Flex Glow Buzzes, mm-hmm. which is a leadstone leadstone drop. Yep, wave two drop. And I also got a Z Glow Zone. Nice. Yeah, and the Z Flex glows really well. And I got a purple Z Glow, and it does not glow so well. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's just a different the color of plastic that makes Probably. it. Probably it was a purple, okay. and so it glows. Kind of like a white, um, red, but the glow is really dull, mm-hmm. which I was disappointed in. That is, that is. Because yeah. especially with some of the glow plastics that are coming out, man, they're awesome. Yeah. Getting oh, better and better. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I was really impressed with the glow buzz. I was like, oh, this is this is nice. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. add a little color and it dulls it. Yeah. So? Yeah, that's all I got. Throw it, hang it, flip it. Um... It's gonna sit in one of my bins for a little bit before I probably throw. I'm, I'm probably a hanger. Okay, yeah. hangish. Hangish. Yeah, I don't know if I'd. I like more stable. I don't know how stable the Z Flex buzz will be. So okay. Just, oh, and then okay. So I what did I get? I got something from Infinite. I forgot what I purchased. <laughs> you know how you have a problem. You don't remember what you bought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. No, but so this. Um, so I got a. Bonus disc, you can like add on a bonus disc for like 12 bucks or uh-huh. something. So I, in my, my bonus disc was this disc called an X, it's the company's XCOM mm-hmm. and the disc is called a Zion, the plastic, it was like a U, like oh, that's all okay. I know it is, is U Zion. It's like a Lucid or a Z plastic, Sure, but super duper flexible. Like even the rim, you could bend it more than any other disc. Really? Yeah. I was so shocked, and I showed Cam. I brought it into the shop. I was like, "You need to check this disc out," and he's like, "Whoa, this is like the plastic feels good and everything, but just the amount of flex to the disc was ridiculous. Like elevation flex, or mm, no, not oh, okay. not crazy like that, but just like more... some of the real soft flex. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know who but, has discs like that that we? I just recently. Um, experience them for the first time and they ironically reached out to me as a actually as an influencer to say hey i want you to start you know pushing our discs a little bit and I was okay like, well i actually own a shop and he's like well let's get them in your shop but lone star i just out of texas i've just kind of recently heard about them as well mm-hmm. and i got to feel a couple of discs out there mm-hmm. in vegas and then the same way they have this super flexi yeah, um, I love that stuff. Like I love premium fluid. plastic, premium though? plastic. Yeah, yeah. it's like a champ type ish plastic. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. It was a it was a fairway driver. Okay, um, it had numbers pretty similar to like a Firebird. Didn't oh. get to throw it. I just yeah. got to feel it. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I like that because I'm a fluid or flex mm-hmm. or you know I like those type of discs. But up here in Wisconsin, we can get away with that. Yeah, <laughs> down in the south, maybe maybe not. Um, okay, so I, while I was down in Vegas, I bought a, a Wraith and yeah. a Halo Wraith 
Oh. Because my arm was just jello. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of golf coming off a... Nothing, and then you go in and you're just throwing full power, yeah. shot after so shot. So did you throw? Was it so the other wraith you got besides the Halo was it Champ? Just was it champ. Star? Yeah, just okay. a 173 Champ, mm-hmm. and then a 173 Halo. Um, and was that a Kirthy? It was a GG, yeah, double yeah. G in last year's, not this year's. Oh, okay. And it was still beefy. beefcake. Yeah, like and the Champ was, it was workable. But it was still beefy. Wow. And I was, and I'm like, man, I used to throw these things everywhere and I would have to control the angle. And so either wraiths are more beefy now (laughs) or I just can't throw like that anymore. You know, because I was, I was out throwing the ballistas and go to, and I had two days where my arm was alive and I could throw them again. And outside of that, I mean, I was like 350, okay. 400 max. I mean, like great distance was 400 this uh, this past weekend. And so anyways, I went out and bought those um, just to see if I could lower my speed and I could get them up to speed a little quicker. Sure. And nope, nope. I took them out and threw them like probably 10 times each. Yeah. And I couldn't even get them to stand up, either of them. It was crazy. So there was a couple S lines and pro lines. Oh, S was ever star and pro yeah um in there that i probably should have grabbed one of those instead of the champ but it is what it is yeah you know um but that's what i got and those will probably be i don't sell anything i was gonna say i'll probably flip them but the halo gary girthy halo I'll, I'll throw i mean i'll throw it on my rack and so i guess we'll call that a hanger yeah and then the champ will probably be a thrower okay I'll probably probably mess around with it and then also I bought green wheels and green seat and cup green seat cover for my Zuka Compact because I missed the Uliberry drop. Yeah, I heard there's not ma- there's there only a hundred of them. Yeah. yeah, and I saw it and I forgot who it was. It was I think it was in one of our group chats or something. Someone sent it. No, Jordan. Jordan mentioned. Yeah, yeah, Jordan mentioned it in our group chats, and I was like, "What?" And I jumped right on immediately. It, they were gone already. Yeah, because you could get that along with the Captain's Raptor. It was like a bundle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they sold out quick. Yeah. And I think there was a store, out, I think somewhere out in Vegas actually was selling them as well that they went rather quickly. Um, I think they did a quick thing at Lucky. Yeah. Because okay. I, I even told Jordan, Jordan, if you can get the Yuli Raptor, you know, I mean the Yuli um, Zuka, because I bought a little compact that we're going to leave in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I left it in Vegas, but... I love that thing. Like I, re- I run the Trekker now. Mm-hmm. It holds just as many discs as the Trekker, and with this little shelf thing they have, I like Jordan doesn't have. Is Jordan that has it? Yeah, Jordan has a compact, yep. and he doesn't have the shelf in it, and I didn't have the shelf in that one. Oh, but I saw it, it like lifts it up, and you actually put discs underneath. That's it. what Yuli does. And yeah, he's got like he stacks them up, and then I think he layers them, like you know above each other which you probably shouldn't do you know because yeah. of pressure but yeah but yeah no I mean, more it, in. it it works and with that i mean you can put almost 30 discs in that yeah that's that little tiny thing and the putter pouch and, and pockets the, and exactly. stuff on the side yeah and i ran in for the into the infinite i don't know what they're called but there's like a large extra large and xxl but they're putter pouches i mm. mean and the xxl is like a bag really? I mean, it's like putting a disc bag on the back it's awesome. oh my god so I think I'm going to switch to the small, well, they call it the large one, which only four pockets Yeah. Um, instead of the regular Zuka ones, like the tool pouches. So yeah. I bought those, so those will end up being throwers. Cool. <laughs> I guess, or rollers, rollers rather. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just jump right into it. We'll get right into LVC because it happened. Yes. I was there and 
had a ton of fun. Um, so I want to talk about more of the not my experience yet. We'll get into that, but we'll just talk about in general what we thought of the Disc Golf Pro Tour and how they handled things and some of the new features. And then I'll talk about on grounds what they did to change it. So I've gone six years in a row just for reference sake and just to see what differences there are. Um, and then we'll also talk a little about the Jomez deal. And yep. we'll talk also Gatekeeper and GK. Um, we'll talk about specifics in the um, tournament as far as like Matty O, Nathan Queen, some of those things that went on. And then we'll give some shop updates. And I think that might be about it. So this will cover a good amount of time. Sure. All right. So first thing I want to mention is the drone. Okay. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So live coverage, they would cut back and forth to a drone shot. And it was, so I was there, I saw it. It'd probably be about, I don't know, 90, 100 feet up. Yeah. You know, 80 to 100 feet up. So you couldn't really hear it. I mean, with everything commotion going on, everything like that. So it wasn't distracting. But they did an absolutely awesome job cutting back and forth. You know, I thought it was used really, really heavily in the first round. Mm -hmm. And then they slowly pulled it back a little bit. Yeah, I didn't notice as much in the later rounds, like round three and four. I definitely didn't see. I don't think I saw it at all. Was it? Yeah, it was was there for the live coverage for some of it. and I thought it was good. It was well done as they started to use it sparingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was yeah, well done even when they were using it a ton. But I feel like they used that as their cut. So if there was a little bit of lag time after, you know, they had teed off and they got that walk, they yeah. go straight to the drone coverage. Sure. Instead of, and then they started filling in with other stories, other cards, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the coverage was fantastic. Yeah, I didn't. I was at work for most of the coverage during mm-hmm. the day, so I didn't get to see too much of it. Um, I just kind of filled, I would get home later in the afternoon and just kind of turn it on. I watched a little more of it on Sunday. I watched more of the final rounds because mm-hmm. um, like my family was out of town, so I had a little bit more <laughs> great TV time than I normally get. So, But then I yeah watched a lot of the post-produced. Yeah, so. well, and let's talk about Disc Golf Pro Tour or the Disc Golf Network going down. First yeah, day. first day. Unbelievable. <laughs> I love the move they made where they're just like, forget it, put it out on YouTube. Like, Right. And it was all free the first day. Yep. It was great. That's awesome. Um, and I think that's good. And I I've, so I want to talk about this real quick. It's tangent, because we didn't even discuss about talking about this. But why do they leave the final round free? Free. And then the first three you got to pay for. I Like, who cares about the first three? I mean... Really, who cares about the first three? You care about the last round, the final right, round, right? Right. In any tournament. Mm-hmm. I think their model's backwards. Like, why are they exposing the best and most? Well, because I think I think if you're more of a casual fan mm-hmm. and, like, they want that exposure to be able for people to get the wider exposure to make it free, that way everybody can watch it and be like, hey, this is a disc golf. Mm-hmm. Whereas... If the first three rounds, you're kind of blocking out for diehard fans. Yeah, I guess. I don't know because I pay for it. Yeah, I do too. So I'm being completely hypocritical, but I would m- much rather pay for the conclusion than the beginning. Mm. You know, because you build that story, you build that story, and then all of a sudden you have the final matchup. Sure. And in the first day, I think you're still going to be able to give people 
especially not diehard disc golfers, you can still give that experience because they always have the feature card. They always have you know, a couple feature cards, mm-hmm. both men and women. So you're going to see the best at the tournament or the most popular tournament play all on the same card. That's not guaranteed to happen the last day. Okay, but so, but the first day, like you didn't get to see Katrina on feature card or lead card because it was done by PDGA number. So you mm-hmm. saw Kristen, you saw um, Evelina, Hanna, and Paige together. Mm-hmm. You know, Katrina, recent world champ, yep. got you know got the boot. Yep. Which world champ, you're getting the boot on the first yeah. day. Like that's. That's a fail in my It in does my eyes. seem weird because it wasn't done in the MPO that way. So are you sure it was done that way? Because the MPO, they had the lead card and then they had or the was feature it, card. Or they had uh, they had two feature cards, basically. Or maybe it wasn't PDG. Or was it rating? Yeah, maybe it was rating. Maybe it was rating. Maybe that's yeah. what it was, the top rated. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, that's what, maybe, maybe that's what I got flipped around. I think it was by rating. Yeah. It was, yeah, so I guess I could see that. But So they did it kind of... They tried to do it non because they didn't do any of the voting this year, like mm-hmm. they had did, done last right. year. Yeah, which is kind of I like that. So, but yeah, so I mean, I thought the coverage was phenomenal. Like I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yes, I can pick little things here and there, like some of the cuts when they would cut to a camera and the camera would be off in the sky. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, I think it's just getting everybody's nerves back. Right, first first tournament back. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, it was a tweet i saw um and they posted on facebook but the largest concurrent viewer group yes, ever i saw that golf. yeah and it was huge it was, what was it like eighty some thousand or something like something that something like or, that yeah it was in the so i thought it was like eighty seven thousand or something yeah. like that yeah and that's huge that's crazy and that was just mpo fpo mm-hmm. had a separate one and it was also the largest that had ever happened so mpo they didn't quite beat worlds mm-hmm. but fpo it was the largest they'd ever seen so, and that's fantastic because I think, awesome. you know, you think, when were they releasing the numbers? Maybe like two years ago, they were getting like six or 7,000 concurrent yes. viewers. And now yeah. they're in like the 80 or 90. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, good things, good things. Um, commentary, this is a dead horse, but yeah. I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I always like listening to Ian and Philo, even when they were doing stuff for Central Coast, mm-hmm. like together. I think they're a good tandem. I would have, you know, we heard earlier that Brian Earhart would have a role right. with, you know, with DGPT, and I was hoping he would have made, the, you know, come on for this, you mm-hmm. know, to get him going. Um, I didn't know, see him out there at all. No, I didn't either. And then Terry was, you know, the man on the ground. He's mm-hmm. always good filling in you know giving us scoops mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i thought elaine king did a solid job yeah and i i kind of liked her i kind of like her more than val that's funny because I, I i feel a bit different i like val more than elaine but i think i think elaine will work into being my favorite quicker because mm-hmm. i think elaine has been away from the sport long enough that she's so amazed by the throws these girls have. Right. Like that excitement of, did you see well, how far that was? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's awesome. But these girls have been thrown like that for, that's true. Or these ladies, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. have been thrown like that for years. Right. Now, you know, like, it'd be nice to see. It was brought up before, but, um, you know, get Hannah 
back in the mix a little uh, bit. Yes. Um, I know Christine Jennings fills in on like Silver Series events if she was out here playing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be see it'll be interesting to see who fills in during what events on yeah. on tour. Yeah, I I agree with the Hannah Macbeth thing. I, I think she does her research. Like yeah. she's well, she has good relationships with a lot of the players on tour, so she mm-hmm. knows idiosyncrasies. You know the yeah. tendencies and, and things. And if Ian continues to be on the mic. I think Ian does a very good job being either the color or the facts, you know, yep. I mean, or the play-by-play. And I think Hannah is probably going to be a bit better at the play-by-play because of how she how she does her research. Like, mm-hmm. she knows it very well. She's going to be very to the facts in the book. but And Ian can add the color. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I Like, I'm... I have no hard stance one way or the other. I, I, I do and do not like the disc naming. Like there's sometimes I'm like, it's awesome. And there's oh. other times where I'm like, okay, I've heard that disc seven times. I know what that, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. you know, like I know exactly what it is, but it also brings a light. Like what was the one that Gannon and the distortion, the distortion. Yeah. I had no clue. Right. Prodigy named their discs. Yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Cause like it was, someone else had brought it up. Um, in a, in a prodigy group on Facebook, they're like, what is this disc that they're throwing? And they're like, it's some new, you know, mm-hmm. someone's like, Oh, it's a new disc that hasn't been released yet. I have no idea if it was a mid range or a driver or what it yeah. really was, but I think it was an overstable approach. Okay. Right? Cause yeah. that was the one he threw OB on 18. Oh yeah. Oh, so yes. Yeah. So I think it was an overstable approach. So harpish, mm-hmm. you know, PA three, something like that. Sure. I don't know what it was. I just know it was called a distortion. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, and also I think it brings to light for us knowing discs that when he says he just threw that D1 and it flipped up, turned to the right and came back, what? Like that's a disc you can throw a D1 that, like that, that it does that. You know, for us, never be able to make that disc Super beefy. Exactly. Yeah, stupid, overstable. So, I mean, it brings to light some of that stuff, but... You know, I would also be completely fine on the other side of the argument where people say overstable driver, understable yeah. driver, you know, approach, a putter, a mid-range, a, you know, just using vague terms. Mm. I'm fine with that too. Sure. Um, because I think where Ian runs into a few things was, I think it was like, he was either, he was saying, was it Haley King? Yes, Haley King with like, the zone. With the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously a gator or something like that. Yeah. And Elaine's like, I don't think she throws that brand anymore. Yeah. He's yes. like, oh, my, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's some of that stuff. And I, I think shaking the spider webs off. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's been it's been the off season. Everybody's been taking their time. A lot of switches <laughs> have happened. Yeah. But that's a big miss. It is. That's a real big miss. Um l- let's talk about the Europeans. Yeah, they're back. Yeah, back. So we actually got to play, not with, but just the card ahead of Kristen Sitar and Silver Lat, and they were basically playing right behind us. And every tee pad, we BS with them and stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. How did that work out? Um, during practice, the first days were oh practice days. Yeah. Oh okay. So <laughs> if you got there between um, before nine o'clock, so they, I won't get into this yet. I'll, okay. I'll explain sure, it sure, later. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but. I, so I'm not going to lie. I feel like they were overhyped compared to their performance. Yeah. Aside from Kristen. 
Right. I mean, Evelina fell off, mm-hmm. and then she kind of made a, a bit of a comeback final round. <laughs> Henna completely... She didn't even make the cut? No. Yeah, I think she finished minus one for the tournament. And she's the second highest rated female yeah. FPL player or third? Yeah. She's, in, she's in the top she's, three or four. Yeah, yeah. I mean... She didn't even make the cut. No. So Yeah, because she was, she was Evelina's caddy mm-hmm. final round. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, Kristen played decent enough to be on lead card, you know, the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing with, I think Evelina fell off second round. She dipped off a little bit, then came back. But, yeah, I mean, a little bit overhyped. I mean, it was good to see them. Yeah. But they just didn't have the impact. I mean, Kristen was within a couple strokes of Cat at the end. But, yeah. I mean, she really wasn't pushing Cat that, right. that hard. And then, you know, men, Seppo had a – Seppo showed up and he had a good maybe two rounds and then he mm-hmm. fell off. Yeah, because you didn't see Albert yeah. anywhere. I think like Linus Carlson, he got mentioned maybe a couple times where I saw he was up there for a little bit and he mm-hmm. dropped off. Oh, um, and he was on the feature card. Oh, that's right. He was on one of the feature yep. cards. Um, so he got Albert Tom never really mm-hmm. saw him too much, you know. So Yeah, I have some awesome stories about Albert Tom, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you'll like it. Cool. Um He's a big dude, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I remember, he's huge. I saw him on the on a OTV skins match and he was towering over people. Yeah. Yeah. He's and and he's not just tall. Like he's not the Heimberg or Gilbert. Yeah. Like he's big all around, <laughs> like just like tree trunks. And like, I mean, he's an impressive dude. Um, <laughs> so after really getting excited about that. Um, so yeah, so I felt like the Europeans were really overhyped. Um, the only one that really lived up to expectation was Tatar. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, and it's the first tournament. They just got here. I mean, like when we were talking to Lat and Tatar, they had like just flown in that night. I mean, that oh, morning, wow. basically. He said, yeah, we got in at like midnight. They went to bed for a couple hours and came straight to the course. Dang. Like just that quick. Yeah. And, you know, like <laughs> I'm looking at him like, man, that is crazy. He goes, yeah, but we got to get our practice in. Right. You know, and I think this was Saturday prior to the week of. Oh, sure. Um, and, you know, and they were out there just learning the courses, learning the courses. And when he got there, he's like, oh, yeah, we got to make sure we learn these these two courses. And I go, well, there's three. And he goes, like, there's three? And I go, yeah, there's three. <laughs> and he goes, whoa. And we were playing on Factory Store. I don't I see I I hate the names of them. We were playing on the shortest course. Okay. Which I think is Factory Store. I think so. And no, no, excuse me, it's Infinite. So we were playing on Infinite. And he goes, Yeah, this one is um, you know, it seems to be pretty long. And I go, This is actually the shortest course. I was like, we have a nine thousand footer and almost a ten thousand footer. And he's like, Really? And I was like, Yeah. And it's like Innova is the second longest, and then you get to Factory Store, and that's the longest by about a thousand feet. And, you know, we were just BSing about it, but super kind guy. I've never met him before, never met Tatar before, but they were just super happy to talk. And Jordan was able to actually talk with her without mumbling and stumbling all of his words. So I was super proud of him. <laughs> he said he threw a grace. It was actually one of her signature graces. Yeah. He threw it and it was absolutely laced. Like it was thrown far, good skip, you know. And he turns around and he goes, that's your disc. And she goes, oh, awesome. <laughs> you know? And he was like, he bounced over to me and he was like, I said it without mumbling. <laughs> it was, it was really funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, so yeah. So for being 
for all the hype, all the talk, everything that was said about him coming over and dominating and, you know, Paige and Katrina wouldn't be a factor as much as they are anymore. And it would add more, what do they call it, dichotomy or whatever, yeah. you know, um, it didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen. You know, uh, Tatar kept a presence, kept a pressure, but she was never, really never in it. I mean, she was in it. Let's not say she wasn't in it. She was in it, but she was never a factor. Like, yeah. And and Paige really wasn't either. No. First, I mean, nobody was after the first round with Katrina. Uh, Katrina had the hot second round. Was it the second round that she? Yeah. yeah, she threw up like she was like eight or six above everybody. Yeah, six or seven above everybody, and then the third round, Paige finally caught up to her, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was tied, and then yeah, we'll get into yeah, it. we'll get into yeah. that. So, um, all right, so Matteo had an. Exp- Explosion and wasn't even there. So. Yeah, appendicitis. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I just he went in like he felt something wasn't right, and then apparently, from what I heard, I think he went home and like something happened, or maybe, yeah, I don't know. He just said like even after like whatever had happened, to, like after the appendicitis, he got home and like things still weren't More feeling right. weird, but. Um, from what I've heard, recovery is like a couple, like maybe a, like four weeks. Because his actually burst, from what I understand, right? Yeah, I think that's what I had heard. That's crazy. Yeah, I, that, from I, what I understand, it's super painful. I've only heard of that happening to like one other person that, like, I actually know. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were over in like Spain or Europe when it happened. Oh no! They're on a class trip, <laughs> and this happened, and she had to stay behind. And like everybody came, or I think I think maybe a couple of people stayed there with her, and like most of the class came back. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that would be a scary situation. Yeah, man, that would be scary. But fortunately, Matteo was here. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. he was able to get it taken care of. But yeah, yeah. So, so sad not to see him because I was really hoping to see him out mm-hmm. there and see his color, see his personality, and then also see what he's going to do with these discs. Yeah. You know? um, uh, Nathan Queen. So Nathan Queen dropped out as well. Yeah, he started the tournament, but I think he ended up with a leg injury. That's what it sounded or, like, a hamstring or a quad injury or something yeah. like that. So, so, yeah, he had to drop out. I, he did some commentary on a gatekeeper, Okay, so he I did. heard him a little bit. I don't know if he – I don't remember if he talked to it because I kind of fell asleep while watching <laughs> it. It was a long <laughs> there day. There was so much coverage. There really was. Yeah, because we when we were done playing – we went directly home and started watching coverage. So we'd watch like four or five hours worth of coverage yeah. as soon as we got home. And we still didn't get it all in. Yeah, there's a That's lot. fantastic. It's it great. I, yeah, I tried to watch some of the chase card stuff because, you know, like Ricky kind of like was moving. Calvin was on the chase card and he was moving. Mm-hmm. You know, he moved up after like his terrible round. And uh, yeah, there was just a lot. Kevin Jones, Luke Humphreys, like all those guys were just right. playing well. Yep. And then Natalie Bryan, we'll talk about her. She is the openly transgender mm-hmm. and completely all about it. Um, I, that's not the discussion I want right, to have. Right, right, right. Um, the discussion I want to have is how dominant she was. She played well. Absolutely. Played and awesome. They kind of moved some cameras over to watch her mm-hmm. for a little while because she was playing so well. You know, right. They cut in to see what she was up to. Yeah, and I think that's part of that that coverage that was just awesome. Like, mm-hmm. she's blowing up. They finally have the cameras to yeah. watch over to. Right. Um, the thing that I want to talk about is so she hurt her, like, glute or hamstring or quad, but it was some strain. Uh-huh. So she dropped out, and you could tell her play, she completely fell off. So the only thing I want to talk about is her post that – addressed it on 
Because I was trying to figure out, like, where'd she go? Like, oh, yeah. what happened to her? Because yeah. I know it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, if and she I was won. looking at scores and everything. She just dropped off. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I figured, you know, it'd be a pretty pivotal moment in the PDGA if she would have won. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I, I want to see this because I just want to see what's going to happen yeah. with this. Because yeah. good or bad, it was going to be talked about. Yep. Exactly. So I um, jumped on Instagram, okay. looked her up, and started looking at her post. And I, I was. I was slightly disappointed with her post. Oh, really? So she says, you know, hey, I had to drop out for X, Y, and Z. It stinks, but this is, it happens. And the very next line, and F all you, like she went on to like cuss out people that were, I guess, trashing her. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, man, you're putting yourself in front of, and I'm going to air quotes the big screen mm-hmm. because it's disc golf. It's a very small community, but you're still putting yourself out there. And yep. It's just like Kona. You know, Kona, from what I understand, I heard that she had deleted both of her social media apps off of her phone while she was out there. Oh, wow. Because she wasn't playing well. And I yeah. guess she was getting some flack for it. Like, you, you got to, you got to, you know, put your adult pants on and understand that's what you're going to get. You're going to have haters and you're going to have, and she's different. I can't speak on. Natalie Ryan, the transgender thing, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I can't speak on how she feels, what is she, but I can speak on how she addressed it. And I don't think it was good, you know, to yeah, just basically it, F off. It doesn't help you your, your – it's probably it's not, not what your sponsors want to see. No, right? no. It's, it's just not a great image. Like no. keep the positivity out there, all that stuff. And this is my judgment coming from the outside looking in. Like I was like, that sucks. Like, yeah. why did you leave it like that? Because I was super that, excited to see all this. Yeah. And then. It sucks for people to have to make those comments too. It does. So, I mean, yeah. you're dealing with that. And yeah, just people are, people are mean, you know, that's just right. It, right. And, and it's that fire with fire. Once again, I cannot say whether it was the right thing to do or not. It just tickled me the wrong way. Yeah. 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 In her eyes, it's what she felt like she needed to do. Right. So. Right. So, um, all right. And. I think outside of that, we'll start talking about LVC in general. So, mm. like I mentioned, I have been, I'm sure you've heard it quite a bit. I've been there for six years. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this year was by far the most professional LVC I've ever been to. Mm. I'll start with some of the changes. So, before, they gave you player badges. They gave you caddy badges. They did all that stuff. As soon as they gave them to you, it didn't matter where they went. Yeah. Parking badges, same thing. Didn't matter where they went. Because um, they really weren't ever utilized. Um, they would section off areas. They would suggest when you should practice areas. Um, they would give spectator areas. And I'll throw out the air codes mm-hmm. by spectator areas. But nothing was ever enforced or done. To oh, help interesting. That. This truly felt like you were something special as a player. Yeah. So you walked in and never had barricades along the road. So people could just drive in, jump out of their car, walk right up to the course, wherever they'd walk out. And some of those courses are right on the edge and they could walk right into the line of play. There was barricades all the way down the lines, like like tasteful barricades. Sure. They weren't like big concrete barricades. They were, you know, like crowd control barricades mm-hmm. all the way down the road, blocking off the courses. Mm-hmm. And they funneled everybody into the front where Wild Horses um, Clubhouse is. Okay. 
And they had two people standing there at all times. Let me see your badge. Let me see your badge. Let me see your badge. Turning people away. Yeah. And if spectators wanted to come in, they would follow them into the place where they could buy the spectators passes and go. Um, Monday was open play. No, excuse me. Before 930, every day was open play. You could choose any course you wanted to play. But other than that, to help people, because it was chaos whenever you'd go to practice. Mm -hmm. Like you would just pick the least congested course and go play that when you went to practice. Or you would skip ahead about eight holes, find an opening, jump in. Yeah. That was commonplace. And now you each division could only play one course on practice days. Oh wow. So they said, okay. All the AMs are here. Yeah. All the age protecteds are here. All the pros are here. And I thought that was fantastic because the flow was awesome. You got through it in a reasonable amount of time. And you got to see the holes along with the people you're playing with. Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Downside of that, you don't get those random interactions with pros right. that you normally do. Good and bad. For the pros, probably pretty good. Right. You're not having to deal with people constantly coming up to you, talking to you, taking exactly. your focus off of practice. Off of practice, yeah. yeah. So I think that helps. I mean, all of my fans, like, they couldn't get to me and play with me. So, uh, But they um, – but I can understand the other direction too. That's what makes – made disc golf special was the accessibilities of pros. And maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that that doesn't happen anymore. So, um, and I, outside of that, like everything else was just kept to a great standard. Like the vendors there, the driving range was actually roped off. So you couldn't go and bug people. Only players could go into the driving range and putting fields. Um, they, I mean, they just did a really good job. It felt special. It felt exclusive. It felt like you were actually a professional athlete performing. That's cool. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like it felt really good. So cameras, drones, platforms, the way they had everything set up for the media. I mean, it was all awesome. Like great. So, um, so yeah, so I thought LVC was great. I thought disc golf pro tour did an awesome job. The spectators weren't as many as they had been in the past. And I think it has to do a lot with how they segmented players compared to, because basically most of the players were the spectators last year. Mm. And the way they limited some of the stuff was a little weird. And signs everywhere, no live videos, no, like you couldn't do any of that stuff. So, and I don't know how, I didn't push the envelope as far as like recording and making videos and stuff like that. I just... Yeah. You know, every once in a while we take a video of a tee shot or do something like that. There but. was something that came up. Um, was it? There was a guy from MVP mm -hmm. who had shot a video and Innova used that. Oh, no. That was, like, was, the, that was the Olympic thing. Oh, okay. Right. Like someone had taken a video and then Innova like took it for a moment or something. Didn't even credit. So that was yeah. something that was something different. But that happened while you were gone. Right. Or so, yeah, that was something different I was thinking of. Yeah. But. Well, in. um. In the caddy book, it lays out the um, media usage. And if you don't spend the $5,000, and I think even if you do spend the $5,000, everything that is recorded on site, I think I've said this already, but everything that is recorded on site was technically property of LVC and Innova. 
because they rent a private property. And I thought that was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't see any big issues with it. Sure. I mean, like Eric McKay was out there taking pictures. I don't know if he paid the media pass or not, but I ran into him and he was out there taking pictures of players and um because he was no, it was when we crossed. There's two two areas where it crosses where I saw him. Mm. Um, and then you see him in coverage every once in a while. He was following somebody, and you'd see him pop up randomly here and there. Um, but I thought it was really good, like I said. And then the changes they made to the course made the courses more difficult but also more tackable. Um, so, you know, we have up on the screen right now all of the, <laughs> the scores, and there was a ton of blue. Yeah. I mean – a ton of blue on the screen, which means birdie or eagle or better. Yeah, um, it's more blue than it is white, which is par or yellow. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it shows you that either the people are getting really, really good, or these courses are easier. Yeah, um, or and getting even, easier. Yeah, and they even there's a couple different pin locations, a couple different brass mm-hmm. locations, and quite a few um, tee pad changes. Yes, there were. Yeah, there were. And even then, like they still people are still scoring right well. And par changes. I mean, yeah. for instance, like Innova, they supposedly made it two strokes harder mm. by taking away the par five and making it a par four, that 888 foot, yep. and making it a par four. And then there was a couple pin changes and T placements and T changes or T box changes. Um, I have never shot better there. I shot almost a thousand rated round. Oh wow! And I was still fourth card. Yeah, you know, and it's like <laughs> it was incredible. Like, but there was a lot of people knotted up at that even to one under yeah. in my division MP40. Um, and it was the same thing with this. There wasn't a ton of score separation, so I think it's just too attackable. It's not forcing people to make mistakes. Yeah. And on our you know brother podcast on DGAM, Eric Oakley said that he hated. 18s. It was a poor, yeah, poor design. Hole design. I disagree vehemently because I did too. that's what creates the score separation. Now, uh, pros will probably say, "Shut your mouth," because you didn't play it mm-hmm. and you don't play with us. You don't understand how it is. But in my humble opinion, you practiced it. You saw it. Everybody plays the same hole. <laughs> yes, you can prepare for it. You got to know that you got to lay that up short. You can't run it, or else you're going OB. I think, I think, Gannon did try to kind of play it short. It got a weird hop and then slid out the back. But like you're saying, of course, everybody's playing the same course. It's all the same conditions. It's been played that way for years. Yeah, I if, think three years that pin has been in that yeah. position. And so, like, I, I knew it was out of bounds. But you couldn't see the line. Like the line was right. buried kind of under some wood chips and like it just slid onto those rocks in the back. I was like, oh mm-hmm. no. You know, and, and the camera doesn't do justice of how flat the top of that hill is. Yeah. So there's actually a pretty large flat area. And when I say pretty large, probably six, eight feet yeah. of flat. Mm-hmm. And he landed on the flat. Right. If he would have landed on the front side of the hill, he probably would have took a nice little skip, settled right next to the basket. But he was a he threw it a foot too far. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a, it was not, not a bad throw, but it was a, it was unlucky. It was a misplaced throw. Yeah, it was. He, did, he didn't play. I mean, he could have played to the front of the hill, mm-hmm. and those are easy putts, I, especially I know, with the way he was putting. Exactly, exactly. It was an easy putt for me, and <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> yeah. but that's if I'm sitting almost in the even in the bowl, I'm running that because it's a nose up floaty putter. 
You know, I mean, he putts a lot differently than me. Yeah. But it's nose up the whole way. So the likelihood of you going 18, 19 feet past a basket is pretty slim, mm-hmm. If you even if you airball it. Um, so, yeah, for Gannon, I mean, it was just an errant throw by a tiny margin. Yeah. But yeah. that's the name of the game. I it mean, is. I think that's the stuff we need more of, not less of, in right. my humble opinion. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, overall, I thought LVC was fantastic. Coverage, abundant. Um, we got the round free for the first ones. But for all PDJ members, I think it was free anyways, this first one. I think so. Yeah. I think I, think I saw that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is which is nice. But yeah. it was free for everybody. Um, it was highest just, views. Yeah. It was funny, too, because it wasn't a DG... It wasn't the Pro Tour's fault. It was like the server, mm-hmm. and this like affected a lot of other things, not just pro, the Pro Tour. Right. So that's why they ended up having to move it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything. They but they made that switch right away. Yeah. You know, and business wise, like I looked at it and I was like, awesome choice. Yeah. Like just get it out there because you're gonna get your views. You're gonna get yep. your money, and for you, especially if you're giving it away for free. Don't fret. Just right. throw it out on YouTube. Right. Like, You're still going to get your your money from YouTube. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, the views from me, especially when it's 80,000 concurrent viewers. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked up YouTube what that... It translates to. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even what... How many views total on that video mm-hmm. now? Like, I bet you it's a ton. I bet you they're over 100,000. I would think that. so. And that's huge for being only a week out yeah. for disc golf. So, um, yeah. So, I have just a couple few stories okay. that I want to say. Um, I've already kind of given the Jordan one, um, about with him and Kristen Tatar. Um, I thought maybe if you saw Maria Oliva, he'd be like, uh, yeah, (laughs) I I think he saw her from a distance. He's like, that's my girl. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like pervy or anything. No, it's just like, it's just the funny haha. Um, okay. So between seven and eight on Innova. So, you know, where uh, Garrett Gerthy got his ace. Yep. The top of that hill. So okay. we were there Saturday. No, it was a Sunday. Anyways, it was one of those days. It might have even been Friday. Um, we were there the Friday before the tournament. And we were playing right behind Albert Tom. And I think it was Linus, Linus Carlson. Um, there was a couple other guys there. But they mm-hmm. were all kind of the Europeans there. And we watched Albert Tom tee off. You know, And all of them were like parking the basket. Yeah. And we were just like. All right, we'll play the layup, full driver, <laughs> flex, you know. And so he goes to walk to the next one. So the way that works is you kind of walk in front of a pond and then walk right next to the property line to where the tee pad is for the next hole. Yeah. And it's right next to water and property line on one side, and there's these brick fences. Yeah. And yeah. there was a crack in a brick fence, and there was a huge beehive there. Didn't know that's what it was, but all we saw, and you think this like monstrous dude <laughs> threw his bag, had his hat, like <laughs> flinging it around, and all we can see is over the pond because we're sitting on Seven's tee pad, yeah, right, Seven. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, Seven's tee pad, the Garrett Gerthy Ace. Well, we're sitting on that tee pad, watching him and just disappear down the hill, like like running like crazy <laughs> and throwing stuff like it was a yard sale. Oh my god! And we're like, what is going on? And I was like, dude, it looks like he's being attacked by bees. You know, and that's one of those crazy things. You see anybody being attacked by bees from far away, and you don't know what's happening. It's like. Dude's crazy. Yeah. Like, why is he running around like that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he just takes off running. So I don't know if he got hit by a bunch of them or not. Um, 
But so we go through and then all of a sudden we finish out seven. Yeah. And we look over to go towards the next hole and we see the guys that were, they guys skipped us. Yeah. And they went to go up there to, cause no one was playing that okay. hole and they come running back <laughs> like freaking out. And, and I look over and there's a guy on a golf cart with a bee, bee suit smoking him out. And all of them went past that dude, like thinking it would be just completely fine. <laughs> there's a guy in a bee suit smoking these bees out before the tournament. This was a week before the tournament. So no fault to LVC or anything, um, or like Jacquard or like, or Jacquard. Um, and, but so we're standing, so we skip seven or we skip eight and we go down to nine's tee pad. And so we're down on nine and Innova and there is this one B that is flying around. It was kind of messing with Jordan. And then who were we playing with at that time? Um, I don't remember who we were playing with, but it was messing with someone else. Oh, this was uh, Sarah Gilpin and Andrew Gilpin. Mm. So Sarah Gilpin's up on the tee pad, <laughs> and this thing lands on my eyelid. <gasps> and I, I was able to, like, swipe them off real yeah. quick. And then it, like, hits my cheek and lands on my cheek, and I swipe them off again. And then, like, he's going at me. And Jordan's like, oh, my God, dude, that thing won't leave you alone. <laughs> so I'm, like, running around trying to get this bee off me, and finally it lands on my arm, and I'm like, I'm just going to let it sting me. It hits me, like it stings me, and I just hit it with one of my discs that I had yeah. in my hand. And then Sarah's like standing on the tee pad, like looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. And she's like, no, don't worry. It's no big deal. Just couldn't believe that bee, you know? And uh, so, yeah, so crazy bees. And from what I was told, story goes now, I have no clue. I'm not like a, what do they call those guys that do insects? Um, anyways, I'm not really sure. I'm sure someone's screaming into their radio right now. Um, but, um, on, uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name. But anyways, I was told that they were Africanized. Oh, so super. Your mic is drooping. That's crazy. <laughs> we need to tighten that thing up. That's yeah, we up. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're. I guess they're Africanized bees. Oh. Which I was like, well, what does that mean? And the guy goes to explain, continues to explain to me that they're super aggressive. Like you mess with them, like they are on you forever. Yeah. And I was talking to Andrew Gilpin and Andrew and Sarah are pretty like outdoorsy wildernessy people. And Andrew was like, yeah, from what I understand you, like you can't even jump in the water. It'll just, cause they'll just wait for you. They'll like, hold on. And they wait for you to come out and they just start going at you again. Wow. And I was like, no way. Really? Cause I know there are some bees that will travel like a mile, at least a mile from their hive to like chase you down. I think, or something like that. Yeah. And the distance between these two things was crazy. I mean, it was at least a football field away from their hive. Wow. And this that's where that thing popped me. Like, yeah. And it was one single bee. Like, <laughs> the thing was crazy. Like, it would not, it was relentless, relentless. Um, so, yeah, that's my bee story and watching Albert Tom um, run through. So, and then, you know, through that, we got to play with Andrew and Sarah uh, Gilpin and I had played with them once other, one other time at Silver Creek up here in West Manitowoc. And she, she, um, caddied for Drew final round. Did she? I think so. Okay. Cause I know Andrew caddies for Nate Sexton quite often. Mm. Um, and I think he did this year too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super awesome people, yeah. like super down to earth. And I, like I said, I had played with them once, one other time and just Andrew is hilarious. Like he's so funny. Like we're just sitting there chatting. He'll say something, and you could just see Sarah's like, "God, he's such a dweeb," you know, like <laughs> so funny. Um, so 
one of the other things, so we got to play, you know, so kind of side by side with Tatar and Tam, and I've already, I mean, excuse me, Lat, Silver Lat. And so I got to kind of talk about that. Um, got to meet our buddy, or talk with our buddy Casey White again. Yeah. Um, we were, he was teeing off with actually Adam Hammes, um, Vinny Polidori, and Casey White, and they were all around that same card. And we came walking up to see Vinny. And then Jordan's like, hey, that's Casey. And then Casey turns over and like, dude, comes over and like gives us high five. So, and he will be on the podcast. We just got to line up the time. Nice. I did verify that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but awesome to see him do. He didn't do as well as I was hoping he would do, but. He, yeah, 26th, I think, is where he fell. Yeah, yeah. like he fell pretty far back. And then he, he had a pretty hot round that got him back up into, you know, kind mm-hmm. of the mix. So, um, and then. Um, we got to play with Martin and Sandy Hendel. So you might know Martin Hendel. He was on lead card at USDGC. I don't see that name. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So we were practicing, and he was practicing with Sarah, who is age protected. So he happened to be on the same course. And I'm, I kept looking at him and looking at him. And I was like, because they were right in front of us, and they were a group of three, and it was just Jordan and I playing. So we kept you know catching up to him mm-hmm. on every tee pad. And I, I was like looking at Jordan, like, I know that guy. Where Where is he? <laughs> So I finally, I mean, I'm not bashful. So I just finally walked up to him and was like, how do I know you? Like, your face is super recognizable. And he goes, well, I was on lead card at USDG. I was like, ah, that's what it was. So super awesome guy, really unassuming. I think he's, he technically could be a baby master. So he's 39, going to be 40 this year. And I was, as I was playing with him, he can bomb. Yeah. And his putt is nails like it is at least when i played with him it is so good um but we ended up joining up with him for like the last four holes oh, nice. um and i you know so the hole on infinite where you it's after the real short dinker hole down the middle like you play it's a little par three it's like a 170 some feet like this little tight tunnel and the basket's sitting on like this rock oh okay you know it's not yeah. rock it's like this like rock garden. So there's concentric circles. Yep. Um, so the next hole where you have to throw over the green, yeah. and they move the pin to the left side of the green. So it's like a 530 foot par three. It's a super long par three guarded by a green. Yeah. He parks it oh. like just pure hyzer the entire way. <laughs> and he's, I mean, parks, when I say parked on a 530 foot hole, he was probably 25 feet, 30 feet away. And I'm just like, whoa. You know, and maybe back in the day, I could have got to the center of the green. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm still pumping everything I can just to get to a landing zone that I can get a nice little upshot to. Like, just awesome. But super kind people in from Canada. Haven't been here for a couple of years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Emporia last year. They were here for, not couple, I'm sorry, it's brother and sister. Um, did I say couple? Uh, you might have. If I said couple, it's not true. They're not a couple. <laughs> They're a brother and a sister. Um, That's how they do things in Canada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Canada does much like Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Yeah, oh, we just, thanks you. We yeah. just lost the four of our seven yeah. subscribers. So, uh, so yeah, but really nice. I mean, so I had a, a ton of fun. Um, and I, I would assume, I'm going to speak for Jordan. I'm assuming he had a ton of fun. Um, it is by far one of our favorite um tournaments we go to and every year Jacquois, jeff like 
knocks it out of the park. Like with what they do, how much they bring in, the AM player packs are phenomenal. Um, and the way they treat pros are phenomenal. And this is my first year experience, experience it as a pro. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I just like, I can't say enough about that tournament. The courses are very straightforward. The courses are not difficult. The courses push you to throw as hard as you can and push your limits. Um, and even for the pros, they push you to throw as hard as you can, and that's where you make your mistakes mm-hmm. because it's reachable for them. And for us, we're just hoping we can shave off strokes by getting a good drive. So, you know, for pros, they're pushing their limits as far as throwing as hard as they can, getting the full flight out of the disc to park holes to give themselves a shot. And for us AMs, we're just trying to throw as hard as we can so we can get there to give ourselves a birdie right. opportunity. Um, so, but as far as like technicality of the courses, there's not much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just throw straight, throw far, stay in balance. That's what it is. So, but it's fun. Yeah. It's super fun. So, um, I think that's my big thing or my big uh, recap of the tournament. But I had an awesome time, loved watching it. Um, so, do we want to go over real quickly the outcome? Sure. So, we'll go MPO first and then I'll switch it over to FPO. Okay. All right. MPO, we'll start with, we'll go from 10. Okay, so we got a couple people tied at 10. Um, Luke Sampson with a 10 under final round and sits at 31 under. Um, Thomas Gilbert, fire round, 13 under, final round, came up to 31 under, and he came up 14 spots. Right? Is that what it says? 16, 16 spots. Jeepers, creepers. Yeah. Um, Ricky Wysocki with a lackluster performance. Um, yeah, I but picked him to win. <laughs> I, I think I did too. <laughs> so, but yeah, a slightly lackluster performance compared to what it was, but the harp was on fire. Yeah. Um, and there was strokes of brilliance. And I think he just needs to get used to throwing daggers again. Mm-hmm. Um, because you saw the putt out there, but you know, he's still trying to putt AVRs, you know, he's still trying yeah. to putt whales. Like, I think once he gets his stroke back for the dagger, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, but he finished at 32 under, a 7 under round. Uh, Scott Withers, kind of a first time going pro to our full tour. Mm-hmm. Um, we had met him the very first year we played um, LVC. Super down to earth, super awesome guy. Um, but an 8 under and a 32 under on the total. Um, then we get to Adam Hammes. 32 under, a 12 under round, hot. I mean, a lot of blue. He started out, what, it's that three, six, nine birdies in a row. Yeah, front nine, whole front nine. Yeah, and then a bogey, two more birdies, par, birdie, and then basically one more birdie through the round. I mean, just yeah. a phenomenal round, so 12 under. He didn't start out too hot in the beginning of the tournament, No, but he came on. Yeah. Um, Tristan Tanner, and always one of the most pure and effortless backhand and forehand throwers out there yeah like honestly i forgot what hole it was but watching final round coverage he threw this forehand and i was just like it was heiser the whole way Mm -hmm. 400 and you know 20 some feet (laughs) and i was like that's one of the smoothest forehands out there right and like a two-step run up yeah nice and easy throw yeah doesn't grunt doesn't like just pure pure player like he is so good but so a nine under final round at 34 under for the tournament and then KJ USA came back. Um, well, no, I guess he was sl- basically in it. He never slipped too, too far. No, not but too far. But all blue, 13 under, 
all he missed was what one, two, three, four, five holes. Yeah, and parsed. Yeah, like, not bogey free. You know. Right. Yeah. So he didn't get the eagles like a couple folks did, like on seven. You know. So he he basically played a a flawless round, no yeah. bogeys. So thirteen under thirty five on the on the tournament. And then we'll get into our top four. So Luke Humphreys, well, I guess KJ is in that. Yeah. Luke Humphreys, fire round again with 13 under, and he did get the eagle. So he dropped one of the birdies that KJ got yep. um, for 35 under. And then Heimberg, so he had a pretty nasty, what, second round? Or is it third round he didn't play well? Third round, I think. Okay. He didn't play too well. Yeah, he didn't have a great round. One of the rounds dropped and then just absolutely lit it up. Yeah. Um, the last day with the 13 under tied for a hot round um, and finished 16 under. And then we all know the story between Gannon Burr and Drew Gibson finished at 39 under, tied for the lead, three strokes above um, second place. Um, so they were tied for first. And they went to a four-hole playoff, and Gannon Burr, lost it by a OB stroke and a miss putt, basically. Well, a yeah, hazard, hazard stroke, stroke. Yeah. and a miss putt. And Drew Gibson played putter, putter, putter yep. <laughs> on the hole, and Gannon played driver, sand, and, putter. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so Drew Gibson wins the Las Vegas, like Las Vegas Challenge. Yeah. Gannon had a really impressive shot. So I think it was the, was it the third playoff hole? he ended up hitting early on a branch. He hit a branch. Yes. And then he was back really far. Like, I don't remember how far it was. And he absolutely crushes his approach shot mm -hmm. and ends up getting pretty And it. I think it was an M3 or an M2. Yeah. So it was a mid-range. Yeah. And it was like a 420-foot mid-range. Yeah, it was crazy. Forehand, stand up, went straight, finished. Or no, that... Maybe that might have been the... The distortion? The distortion. Maybe. But, I don't know. Man, I think maybe it was like an M3 or Yeah, M2. it was crazy. Um, but a mid-range. Let's yeah, just say that. And right. parks it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, I will say this too about Gamber. On the 18th hole, his drive was super lucky. Yes. He skipped off the rocks back onto the fairway. Mm -hmm. He should have... He... And he was like, I think, probably like, 30 feet behind Drew. Like, Drew had yeah. an absolute smash. Yes. And he felt like he needed to get up to where Drew was, and he got so lucky. Well, so that it's deceiving, though. So that there is a, there is a playable um, cart path. Right. That's lined with rocks. And I know Gannon hit before that. Like, I thought he hit the rocks. The pond. Yeah, but those rocks are inbounds. Oh, yeah. Because okay. they're actually cemented into the oh, side of the sidewalks okay. to stop because golf carts, like actual golf carts, yeah. will go over that golf cart to play the fairway that mm. they run up. So, um, But, yes, it was close. It wasn't a perfect shot. Like, he played it really soft for his power. Mm -hmm. He played it really soft because I don't, I mean... If I put a full throw, I could land where he landed. Okay. So he played it soft. Yeah. You know, and I think I think they played it smart because that's the largest area to land because you push it even further and the carry of the water is about 400 feet and your landing zone 
it's maybe it's like 450 and your land and all these guys have the power to do it mm. but the landing zone is only like 30 feet wide right you know 30 maybe 40 feet wide Up until you get to that flatter basin area well actually until until it turns up towards the green okay other yeah. than that it's only about 30 or 40 feet wide it is not wide i mean that is a narrow landing zone mm. so when you come back and you play where ganon um skipped off like basically that's a continuation of the fairway right so even if you land shy you're going to be safe or if you land on the you're safe on the cart path you're safe so um because i saw missy ganon too i think she played something out wide and it mm -hmm. ended up either getting a skip off the cart path or like landed on the cart. Yeah. Like two years ago, I ended up landing on those rocks or three years ago, mm -hmm. I ended up landing on those rocks. So I had super awkward footing and all that stuff, but it was inbounds. It doesn't play as a river. It's inbounds and it sucks to throw from, but it's playable. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah. So congratulations to Drew. I immediately became more of a Drew fan than I had been when I listened to his post round interview. Oh yeah, like it was, right there with Terry. Yeah, like, it was phenomenal. It was. He said everything he was supposed to say, responded exactly how he was, he was supposed to respond. You know, gave credit to Gannon, didn't idolize himself. Like gave credit where credit was due. Like he didn't play the whole "I'm the best." This is how it was supposed to be. No, like this was a hard fought battle. We went back and forth. I just happened to prevail, you know, not like I was so much better. I knew I had it in the bag, you know, right. I felt like that was his mantra prior, mm. but like, maybe it's a maturing factor. Maybe it was, maybe it was just, he had that much respect for Gannon Burr. Yeah. And so the embrace they had and the genuine nature of their, it was super awesome. Like I was super, super impressed with him. So um, Drew Gibson is climbing my favorite people's list. Um, and obviously Gannon Burr is too. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about Gannon Burr. He was a guy that everybody, I think probably assumed that he was a fluke or a one stroke wonder. Like mm. I mean, he showed up late in the year, he yeah. was on lead card. Um, he kind of had these little flashes where you saw him. And I think everybody was just kind of like, okay, it's just one of those kids that's going to sure. show up and then disappear. I think he's the real deal. Yeah, I think he is too. I think he put in a lot of work. Like he knew that being rookie of the year like meant something. And he's like, I got to follow mm -hmm. this up. And I think he probably put in a lot of work this offseason. Like his putting was out of this world, except for maybe a couple holes that he got unlucky on. But yeah. it was his stroke is really good. He is a confident putter. Yeah confident putter i um hot take maybe but i think he might be one of the best putters not not young best but just one of the best putters oh sure there. i mean if not the best putter like mm. way drew is putting too drew well is. yeah i guess <laughs> i guess yeah because drew was nails too because drew i don't know who said it so i can't give credit oh i think ian said it where his liability is now his um, strength. Oh. So what used to be his liability mm -hmm. is now something that won him the tournament. Yeah. And you saw him, you saw that at the championship. Like mm -hmm. he started that. He started to light it up. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a courage thing. 
I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it. He has what a lot of. Is. He has a lot of confidence in the in the Penrose well, for and, sure. And that's the funny part about that. So Drew was not known for his putting game, Mm-mm. and Penrose or EV Seven picked mm. him up. Yeah, and they're a putter only company. Like, do they have a crystal ball? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, so I'll let you go through FPO. Yep. Um, so let me switch it over here. All right. So All right. I guess do the same thing. We'll go through the top 10. Well, yep. I guess top, nine. Yeah. So nine, we have Cat Merch, minus 12, tied with uh, Jen Allen at minus 12, Holland Hanley at, wait, what? Minus 14. That can't be Oh yeah, never yeah, mind. That's okay, right. that's We're right. going that way. <laughs> I was like, remember golf? Never the... golf stop. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh, I'm counting up. Weird. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm counting up. <laughs> blonde moment, but I'm not blonde. Uh, Missy Gannon seventh with minus sixteen. Ella Hansen, who I think is going to have a pretty decent year. This is a good start for her. Uh, well, her rookie season was last year. Yeah. Evelina minus nineteen at five, and then top four is Haley King twenty two down. Kristen Tatar, 25 down. Paige in second with minus 29, and Kat taking it down with minus 30. Mm-hmm. And Kat's putter, other than the second round, yeah, was nails again. Yeah, she, she putted well. And that's, I mean, I think we had said that. Like, her liability is her putt. Yeah. And we, I had given the re- when we did our grades for recruiting mm-hmm. um, or for, you know, the team, that was my bag on DGA. Right. They lost the bet, one of the best putters in the world and gained somebody that could or could not be. And that's why I put them, I think in the C range or C plus range. Yeah. Uh, but man, she's proven me wrong. Like those steady eds are, she got, yeah. Like no problem switching over. Zero. Yeah. I think it honestly helped her. Like, I don't know what it was about her prodigy putters. I don't know what, who, what she putted with, but, um, like, she was just, just had, so, like, you don't see that type of confidence out of Katrina right? normally, but she was just. So I will have to say that when we were out there Friday night or Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, every time she was out there just putting in work. Yeah. Like, we would go out early because... Well, we're from here. We had a two-hour advantage because we were up that early. She was always there grinding, always there putting in the time, the putts, the throws. I mean, she was always there. Yeah. Like, and there before anybody else because we were one of the first people there, and she was there already putting. And I mean, she puts in work. Like, yeah, and she grinds. Like, she likes to get to bed early. She does her workouts in the evening and mm-hmm. gets to bed early. Yeah. 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 So, it shows. I mean, it, it paid off in this regard. And. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then Paige Pierce. So she had a pretty rough first round. No, 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 no. Second round because the third round she came back and tied Katrina. Yes. And then it was pretty neck and neck for the final round. Mm -hmm. And went back and forth. And then Katrina actually ended up winning it on the 18th 18th hole. So, cause she gave it away on the 15th hole. And then on the 18th hole, she got it back. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but congratulations, Katrina. I don't. I haven't finished watching the coverage, but I know that when we were out playing, so I made the cut on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And when I was out playing, we were just making the turn. Okay. 
which is we're up by the clubhouse when we make the turn and to do the last four holes. And that was when they finished and we heard just something go nuts. And we're like, oh, someone must have aced. And then I'm like, wait, no, maybe FPO is finishing at this oh, point. Oh, sure. So when Katrina hit that, I mean, the whole place went nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, it was crazy. That's it cool. It was awesome. So, all right. So that's our recap of LVC. Probably a lot more information than you wanted to know. Um, but you got it. So, um, Jomez, let's talk about them real quick. Yeah. 500K for two years for yeah. lead card coverage. That, that information came out the day after we had recorded. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it was that Thursday after they recorded, like, all night, which is mm -hmm. crazy. That's a lot of money. But they're going to get it back so easily. 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 Yeah. Have you looked at their Patreon? So after mm -hmm. they do Jomez videos, have you watched? Because they, they public, they publicize. Oh, everybody that's end. in the Founders Club. Everybody that's in the Founders yeah. Club. Have you, like, even just taken a quick glimpse at each of those and how much it is? Like, the the top person on, like, the all the way to the left is like sixty some dollars mm -hmm. or something like I don't know but yeah. it's some ridiculous amount that I, I would that's crazy and there's probably at least a hundred that are over fifty bucks it a could month. be yeah and then in the middle row you know because it kind of goes down rows yeah, yeah. and I, the fewest people they have is the five dollar range mm -hmm. you know I mean so vaguely I'm looking at it thinking that they're probably in that twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month. <laughs> Just for Patreon. Right. Not to mention the views they get from YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. And the checks they get from YouTube. So, I, for the comparison, um, when Simon Lazat hit 100,000, when he was about 120, he went, I don't remember what interview it was or whether it was on his channel. He was kind of explaining about how much money he yeah. makes. And is it when, like 10 cents a video or, yeah. or 10 cents a view or something? Because he said there? when he was around 70000 he was making about a $20,000 check a month. Holy, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. Um, so I'm assuming they're making another twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a month mm -hmm. through their – that's awesome. I yeah. mean, it's awesome. And having this lead card coverage and being able to put it onto Jomez, right? They're able to put it on Jomez, yeah. I would assume. Well, they they have, so they don't get, first day they don't get lead card coverage. That's exclusive to Disc Golf Network. They get, mm -hmm. they have a feature card. Right. Right. So they're not able to f get that. Well, because technically they, it's not a lead card. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, but the rest of the way they have. Yeah, and they air it on theirs. It's yep. post-produced. And so they will make that money back very quickly, if yes. not more. And knowing the concurrent viewers live, usually you can expect that it's going to be about, you know, three to five times more the viewers by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So great move. Yeah. Awesome move. And awesome. they have the money to do it. It makes me wonder, like, five, so the 500000 it makes you wonder if, somebody else wasn't like pushing them, you know, like GK or gatekeeper, mm -hmm. you know, someone like, okay, we can put up this much and they're like, well, you know, if there was a battle there, but what, who has that money though? I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> central coast, GK gatekeeper. I mean, I would say maybe the next one is gatekeeper. Yeah. The next most popular. Maybe. I mean, I don't think they, I mean, who knows? Who yeah. Knows? Right. Who knows who has deep pockets where, yeah, where they get their exactly. money from, but 
That's crazy. I mean, it's still, but I think it's a smart move. And for them to solidify themselves. I don't themselves, think it would be GK because they're they're going for FPO. Right. So, I mean, it'd be, it would have to come down to Gatekeeper, I would think. I would yeah. think so. I would think so. And outside of that, there's really nobody else. I mean, there's like Fulcrum and things like yeah. that, but or Ace Run Productions. Yep. But wasn't Ace Run the Disc Golf Pro Tour team? Oh, yeah, maybe. I think that's who it was. So uh-huh. I, I don't even know if that exists anymore. But I think that I have, I think I have no clue. Yeah. yeah, but they had like sixteen cameras out there. That's crazy. Awesome. Plus the drone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's fantastic. So, um, so Jomez, good job. Way to push the envelope there. And then I would assume that this will continue. I'm I'm assuming that the next payment to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So let's make this clear: they paid five hundred thousand dollars to have the lead card for two years. Yeah, in Disc Golf Pro yeah. Tour. And I would assume after these two years, that number's going to be higher. I would think so. I bet you it's going to be in that seven to $800,000 range. Mm-hmm. So my mind maybe is saying longer, 750. Maybe a longer-term deal. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, depending on how they do, how it turns out. And yeah. I think it would behoove Jomez to try to get that longer deal, too. Yeah. So but it's funny because, yeah, there's, there's some minor graphical things that they um, – that they showed during the coverage this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like they had the slick intros and everything, but even um, like the over the like when they would raise the camera up over the hole and like show the flight path yep. over the hole and everything, and then um, they marked out of bounds by like certain colors and yeah, stuff like that. That was awesome. Yeah, uh-huh. I like that. Yeah, we saw them. We're in one of the coverages. We didn't do any of the funny dancing or anything like that, but hole two on. Infinite. Okay. You can see Jordan and I standing back there. I'm doing the Captain Morgan on my thing. It wasn't purposeful. I was yeah. just happened to be had my foot <laughs> up on the wheel. So um, let's see. Uh, GK Pro, one year FPO lead. Mm-hmm. Um, no numbers were discussed on that yeah, that we could find. Of. And then uh, Gatekeeper, MPO, Chase card for two years. Yeah. And no numbers on that as well. Yeah, so, so we're locked in. So we know what our coverage is going to come, at least for the rest of this year, for the foreseeable future. And then GK Pro. Who knows if they're going to extend for the lead card, but I would assume with concurrent viewers that they have now that they will probably end up re-upping or trying to re-up. Right. Um, so I'd like to see those numbers if it ever came out. So um, well, that's all the regular scheduled stuff we got. Anything else? Uh, did we get a question of the week? <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. No question of the week. Bummer. Darn it. I didn't even think about that. So... Maybe if we do the 15-minute episode, I'll text Jordan real quick and see yep. if he can give us a question of the week. Um, uh, all right, so shop updates. So there's a couple things. We got the Falcors. Oh, wait, I never talked about Kale LaVisca. Oh, so, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Oh, no, yeah. no, Kale didn't die. Kale didn't die, but no. his cash streak did. Yeah, 13 years. 307 events. Right. So I was on the <sighs> phone with our rep, um, Donnie Ferguson, Yeah. and I was BSing with him, and I'm like, I was like, yeah, I saw, you know, and I'll get into this story next. But, um, and I was like, how horrible is it? I was like, I saw him there. And then it didn't occur to me until I walked out of the shop that, wait, he's not playing right now. Right. And I didn't, wasn't he the leader for the most consecutive cash? Yeah. He missed by one stroke. (laughs) One stroke. (laughs) I feel so bad for him. 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. It's just incredible to me. Like a 13 years. I mean, people 
there's most of the people in disc golf didn't even know disc golf existed for that long. <laughs> yeah. And he's been cashing that long. Like, <laughs> incredible. So, yeah. I think sorry we, for, you know, Kale, but congratulations to Nate, right? Yeah, because he's in the highest by yeah. a large margin right now. Yep, by a huge margin. So, I love Kale's response to it, though. He says, now it's time to start a new one. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like, yeah. You lose something like that, but... Um, so my story with Kale LaVisca, we walked into Lucky Disc Golf. By the way, I, I don't usually push other shops, especially in the shop updates. Yeah. <laughs> but Lucky Disc Golf, awesome, awesome group of guys. Um, so if you're ever in that area, swing by. I mean, some of the funniest, nicest, and th- the worst 70s porn mustache <laughs> I've ever seen on a person. <laughs> Hopefully if he listens to this, he'll laugh. <laughs> So he used to have this nice big beard, and he shaved his head and now has this, like, 70s power oh, mustache. Wow. It, is, it is so bad. It is so bad. And he knows it's bad, yeah. but I think that's part, part of the of gimmick. It. Yeah. Sure. So anyways, um, so we walk in, and we're I'm looking for one of those infinite pockets for the cart, and I'm like, because I see they have the XLs there, or the XXLs there, the big ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have any of the small ones? He's like, no. And then I look over, and I see this dude bent over, like, pulling discs out of box. And I was like, hey, that's Kale. And I was like, hey, Kale, what's going on? And I walk up to him. He had no clue who I was. Yeah. Like, not a clue in the world. And I'd only meant to met him once or twice prior to that. Like, he comes and plays Rolling Ridge every once in a while. I mm-hmm. met him at Rolling Ridge once. And then I met him at LVC last year. Um, so he had no clue who I am. But it was just one of those, like, all right, I'm going to act like I'm important. <laughs> so I just walked up. I was like, hey, Kel. I introduced myself. Shane, I'm up in Door County, Wisconsin. Like, do I visit there all the time? And he was like, no, I had a shop. And I was like, yeah, that's our shop. Because Jordan was standing there. Oh, really? That's great. Next time I'm up there, I'm going to make sure to swing by. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, which would be really awesome. But I had a really good conversation with him. But... He, all the discs there were the foul course. Mm. So, and I was like, ooh, can we get, no, they're just for our VIP members. So 70s porn mustache didn't allow us to buy any. Uh, <laughs> so, but the foul course, um, beautiful disc. So yeah. I think it's a 13. It's a high speed driver. Yeah. yeah. It's a 12 or a 13 speed. And I want to say it's a four or five glide neg one mm. three. So beef-ish, but yeah. can still shape some shots. Okay. Um, didn't get to throw it, but it has a great flex plastic. It is not a Prodigy plastic. Um, I thought it was produced by Prodigy. So here it is. Oh. Kale LaVisca actually owns the molds and the discs. They oh. just mold them for him. Yeah. So I was chatting with him, and I go, this doesn't feel like Prodigy plastic. Who is it being molded by? And he goes, it's Prodigy, but I own the molds. I selected the plastic. I did all of that stuff. Oh, like, dang. This is my disc. Cool. He goes, it doesn't matter where I go. These are mine forever. Okay. And I'm like, that is awesome. That is That awesome. is such a great move. And so, but he's, I mean, he's having Prodigy mold them. Yeah. So with that, shop updates, we have Falcors coming in, and we also have the X5s coming in. Um... We carry some of the understable drivers just for the crews that we have around here. It's mm-hmm. a lot of beginner players. So, um, And then also, we are going to have a about 100 Disc Golf Answer Man discs. So the stamped discs. So we are actually going to start selling them for Bobby. So we will have um, all the Disc Golf Answer Man branded stuff mm-hmm. in our shop and online. Oh, so cool. So you can pick all that stuff up. So, And that presently it's all trilogy stuff. 
Um, but in the future, we'll probably pick up some other stuff. We might go over to Discraft. We might do some other things, and mm-hmm. that's what he's interested in doing. So for, uh, in the meantime, that's what we will end up doing, and then we will push a certain percentage. So these are his uh, tour series discs, <laughs> essentially. So yeah. we'll push some money back to him. Um, so that's our shop update. You can find that stuff at www.doordisc.com, D-O-O-R-D-I-S-C.com, or doordiscgolf.com. Um, and then you can find us on Instagram at door underscore disc underscore golf and on Facebook at door disc golf store and TikTok now <laughs> at door disc. Um, we're going to find you JB. Uh, number one night dot owl on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, make sure you like subscribe, share, do all the fun stuff that you need to do. Leave comments if you can. Leave ratings if you can. Uh, the more you do, the more um, exposure we get and the better off we can do. Um, and hopefully, pretty soon here, we'll be doing the giveaway. Yeah, we're inching closer and closer. So yeah. hopefully. So little by little, it's coming along and we're starting to figure out our analytics a little bit. So we're actually getting a lot more plays than I thought we were getting with the discovery you made. Yeah. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so Anchor is a bit deceiving with how we do things or with, with the analytics they have, but um, it looks like we're doing pretty good. So yeah. rate, review us, um, jump online, um, especially on Apple, because then we can see them and we can kind of count them. But leave us a review. And uh, next week, We'll mention you on the podcast. If you leave us a review, we'll pick one of them and we'll yeah. read it on podcast and give you a shout out. Cool. Sounds good. Anything else? Nope. All right. Have a good day. Keep us up par. Peace. <laughs>